When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Extremely grateful for them today because they are the reason that I have today's guest. Before I get to that, though, I just want to say when I started this show a couple of years ago, I really just wanted to find a way to express my passion for music and for finding new music along with my curiosity for the stories behind songs. Never did I think I might be talking to one of my musical heroes. Well, today I am so excited to share with you all one of those opportunities and a huge thank you to Pantheon for bringing this opportunity to my show. Nick Mason is the drummer for Pink Floyd, in case you don't know. Those airy pockets you know and love from the Floyd catalog are directly associated with his rhythm and feel. Besides his 50-plus years with Pink Floyd, Nick has more recently started a project called Saucer Full of Secrets, who are touring the U.S. right now. So check out the link in the show notes for dates and details and a chance to win some VIP access. This short chat was a pinch-me moment for myself, so please allow this to be one of those moments that just might break up a dull day and enjoy Nick Mason. Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green feel From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil Nick, Hi, thank Corey. you so much. How are you today? I'm very well so far. And yourself? Well, good. I, I, you know, I'm wondering. I'm wonderful. I've been running around like crazy today, but I'm really happy to be right here with you. Good. Um, let's kind of get started. I, you know, we have a limited amount of time, so it took a little bit of strategizing to get these questions narrowed down. Um, but I just wanted to welcome you to the Song Facts podcast and get right into it. As I wouldn't consider myself a drummer, but I've drummed. So I would say that, and I've always thought of you as one of the most patient drummers in rock history. And you and Roger Waters, you guys just create these wonderful wide pockets of music. And I'm just curious if that was something that you guys talked about and was premeditated, or if that just kind of happened naturally over time. Oh, very much happens naturally over time. You know, the relationship between drummer and bass. Well, as my friend Gary Wallace once said, he said, a really good band, it's bass and drums, and then some novelty acts. Okay. <laughs> it's so true. It really lays the bed, doesn't it? <laughs> um, is there an early song? Because you, the Saucer Full of Secrets project, you guys have been really diving into the early stuff. And I'm wondering if there's an early song that you can think of that you guys might have been in the recording studio and you're listening to the playback of it and you're thinking, ooh, we're onto something here with this sound. Um, I don't think we ever listened to it thinking 
with this sound. I think particularly in the early days, you you tend to be more struck by the the quality of the sound that you're hearing in a recording studio. You know, if in the early when you're not spe- until you get really used to the fact of what's um, uh, what what's sort of going on. The, the, the most extraordinary thing is to go back into the control room and listen to whatever uh, rhythm parts you've played coming back at you through the, the top quality speakers and you know really good uh, really good tape and um, yeah I'd, I'd, I don't think when in terms of, sort of talking about the sound um, it's much more listening to the track rather than the specific sound and whether it sounds sort of professional actually yeah okay i know what you mean by that um the song that i'm that really has captured me in the last few years and i don't know exactly why it is is fearless oh yeah And I'm wondering if you can kind of go back into that song in the making of that song, because that's kind of at that transitionary point in the early 70s where you guys are coming off of what you had been and kind of coming into what you would be. And then there's the great you know, there's the great soccer chant at the end. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you can kind of talk a little bit about the making of that tune. Well, um, what can I say about it? Um, I don't really remember that much about the actual recording of that particular track. But mm-hmm. I think you're right in that it it was very much a sort of transition thing because the song is a much more measured piece than perhaps the well than particularly than Sid's songs and that idea of using the cop choir was something that was interesting because it was absolutely about the sound that the the cop choir make Uh, and I say that because it's actually the the chant of um, uh, it's Liverpool isn't it the cop Um, whereas uh, Roger in particular was uh, an Arsenal supporter Still is indeed, and you know we were North London guys. What you know? What, there must have been a point at which it must have felt like sacrilege in a way to use the opposition's uh, chanting, but yeah. it, it is. It's very powerful, and it's. Um, it was the beginning. I think it was. Well, we'd used sound effects before, but we hadn't used them in quite that sort of musical way. Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. The Song Facts Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know what? It is all in the name because I think that we can all agree that to a certain extent, we all want to be better. And sometimes we all just need a little bit of help because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. And the good news is that therapy works. I can vouch. I've said it before. I've leaned on it several times throughout my life for varying different things. I was having a mother that was passing away from cancer for a few years that 
It really had an effect on me more recently, and I definitely utilize therapy for things like that. As a child, I had a sleep disorder, and I went in and got myself a little bit sorted out through therapy for that. There's just so many different things that are going on that we can use a professional's advice on. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it is whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated and you'd like some tools to help, or you're just feeling insecure or stressed. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of these normal human struggles and to just start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. Trust me, you do. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Much more affordable than in-person therapy, you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer for Song Facts podcast listeners... You can get 10% off, yes, that is 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash songfacts. That's betterhelp.com slash songfacts. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this show. Is your song facts back um, What would you say distinguishes the early Pink Floyd music from the later music that uh, I think the majority of people kind of know and love. And and for me, I'm just so excited to come and see you guys shortly and, and hear some of this um, music that I'm probably, I'm not even that um, well-versed in, but to hear you guys play it live. But I'm just kind of wondering, yeah, if you can kind of talk about those differences. Well, I suppose that you'd have to, first of all, I'd have to say that they are, uh, less professional, the early thing, uh, the early <laughs> music, because you know when we started Pink Floyd, none of us had really been in a band for very long, and we'd certainly not been professional. So we'd certainly l- learnt on the job uh, with whatever was necessary to 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 change things along along that route. Um, yeah, I've lost the thread of what Ask me the question again. Just kind of distinguishing between the two eras of music. Oh, yeah. and I, you know, I find it really interesting that you've chosen to go out and play that earlier stuff. So it feels to me like it's something that you kind of really wanted to shine a light on. Uh, yeah, well, I, it seemed to I think what it was, was that it was the the obvious area where we could actually do something a bit more creative than doing basically becoming a tribute band. Um, I don't think you can be in your own tribute band tributing yourself. That yeah. It gets a bit complicated. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, inevitably, all that early material got swamped by later success. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, we simply didn't have time if we were doing a show or doing a tour to play some of those Sid pieces or, or the stuff from Moore or, or even metal um, because we by then we were playing dark side and then there was the ball and and so on you know there just wasn't time to to do more than that um but the other thing is that is noticeable to us playing it is how much more room there is in the early material for people to do something a little bit different maybe tweak something play something else um 
And it's the freedom that was there in those original songs, in those original times that actually we, when playing live, we were expected to do, put something else in or uh, take something out and, and rework it. Is there anything with playing with this band and playing these older older songs, is there anything that you've kind of discovered over the last few years that you didn't recognize when they were first being recorded and when you guys first released them in the 60s? Well, I think one of the things is how uh, complex sometimes Sid's seemingly very simple songs were, that actually they'd, uh, they'd have a really sort of slightly different um, bar structure, maybe, hmm. or a slightly different count, or, or the solo would be a little bit shorter than standard. It, not everything was four bar or eight bars or 16 bars. Um, and the complexity of that, uh, sometimes it was a bit difficult to get a handle on playing it properly, one might say, but it was also an opportunity to sometimes look at something and go, well, we could do it a slightly different way. Now, is that because Sid was versed musically and trying to kind of push the envelope, or was he more of a feel player and sometimes the stuff that he would write would just come out that way with a little bit different timing? I think it was just Sid's way of writing. I don't think, uh, you know, he was not a, a technical musician really, but he yeah. had a great natural, a great natural talent. And so, uh, and particularly if he was writing and playing, Quite often he would just go for whatever whatever sounded right rather than deliberately making something complex. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, I've got one more. I know you're getting backed up here, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Nick Mason. I'm, I can't wait to see you in about six weeks. Oh, very good. Um, Denver, make sure you hydrate when you get here. We, yeah, I remember Denver from last time. The great city. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We need more music like yours coming through. We're, we're lacking a little bit, in my opinion, but we're trying to make that grow. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that my wife and her family are from just north of Liverpool, and she's one of the biggest fans at a young 29 years old, and she's got um, lyrics from um, Wish You Were Here written in Elvish. Oh, really? Her, tattooed on her. So props to her for being not only a fantasy expert but also just really loving your music it's something that really bonded us because we have quite the age difference and uh her love for pink floyd really brought us together nicely oh very good no um very, is so she coming to the show she will be there at the show what's up and um we've got my last question is kind of coming from the editor and founder of song facts his name's carl weiser what would you consider the definitive pink floyd song um, well, of course, it, it, it's very difficult to do that because there are different eras, yep. you know, so that to some extent, uh, an early song might be See Emily Play because it contains all sorts of ideas that would develop later. Um, and I think that's true of a number of our, our songs or our pieces. I mean, one would have to say comfortably numb because everyone knows it and loves that guitar mm -hmm. solo on the outro and and it's it's an incredibly interesting piece in terms of the dynamic
The way it starts, it's the most minimal drum track uh, that I've ever played. You know, there are all sorts of beats deliberately missing out of it. So it's that that sort of part of what Pink Floyd can do on a good day. Um, yeah. So it's it's yeah. I'd probably insist that um, there isn't one definitive song. There's something from an early era which could be Emily, um, and something later from. Uh, from the wall, say. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Really, thank you so much. Thank you for okay. still going out here and making this beautiful music for all of us to enjoy. And um, I can't wait to see you in a few weeks. Very good. Thank you so very much to Mr. Nick Mason for giving me a few minutes and chatting with me and just really letting me get a few of these questions off of my chest. I just love that song fearless and if you really haven't gone back and listened to some of that early floyd stuff do it and do it live with saucerful secrets who are more than likely coming to a town near you as always for the stories behind the songs go to songfacts.com it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.